Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Club Junkie Podcast. Another week and uh, another show. I actually have a, a guest on this show that uh, I know I've been saying I'm going to get him on for a while, but uh, finally did. But uh, I've been messing around with the lab, uh, Mez One putter for a little while now and uh, super excited to talk about that. So I've got Sam Hahn for the CEO uh, from Lab on. He's an awesome guy, uh, really fun, uh, ton, a ton to talk about uh, in the interview. Uh, we had a blast. But uh, before we get into that, <clears throat> I want to let you know this episode brought to you by Titleist and uh, the new Pro View One. And you don't get to be the number one. You don't get to be number one because you talk a good game. You have to earn it. Titleist earns that number one ball in golf every week on tour with more players trusting the Pro V1 and Pro V1X than any other golf ball, and it's not even close. In fact, it's often more than 70% of the field, and the numbers are even more impressive at the amateur level, where Pro V1 and Pro V1X are the number one choice at the NCAAs, the U.S. Amateur, the U.S. Women's Amateur, and the U.S. Junior, just to name a few. So make title to your number one. Tee up a Pro V1 or Pro V1X on your next round, and always bring your best. So... Excellent. Yeah, like I said, another good week. I uh, I did have league going on last week. Uh, it was it was kind of a, a, a rough day. It was really windy. It was crazy windy. Um, I shot a forty four, and I just played really poorly on two holes. Like I, I I didn't I didn't play great. I didn't play amazing or anything. I hit some good shots. Um, kind of got around this kind of bogey ish around bogeys and pars kind of all over the place, and then I just um, the second hole I, I really fell apart. I hit a a bad drive, caught a tree, was like in the tree, could only punch it out like five feet or so. Um, and then I, I had a clear shot, uh, and then I tried to, you know, hit a hybrid from, you know, farther than I should. Uh, and then I hit what I thought was actually a pretty good hybrid shot. I thought it was just going to be right to the green, and it, it was going, going, and like 80% of its life, it was dead straight, going just like right side green, maybe just missed the green, and then this like, at the very end, it just made this right turn uh, and bounced OB. Uh, so went out of bounds, had to drop. Uh, so I made a triple there. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, I, I, I kind of went around in pars and bogeys uh, the rest of the round until I got to eight, the old nemesis. I think uh, if you listen to TG2, you've heard Tursky and I talk about our nemesis holes. And number eight, uh, walked off, snap hooked a drive. It didn't go OB, uh, but then I tried to hit, like, the hero three wood out of the, you know, from under some trees. Snap hooked that kind of left and then hit like, you know, another shot that I thought was perfect. It caught like the last limb. I mean, it was just a, a disaster there. So I uh, ended up making nine, but um, hit some things well. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, I, I only hit one drive. So I didn't hit drive. I didn't hit that one drive well. But this week should definitely be, uh, today should definitely be a few more drives playing the back nine. So uh, it's going to be a little chilly. going to be like 50, but uh, we'll get out there and, and try to hit a few more drives and try to kind of straighten that whole mess out. But uh, uh, putted well with the lab uh, for the most part. Uh, the biggest thing, which I, I talked to Sam about, um, short putts, the thing is like automatic. You just pull it back, let it go. And if you read the line right, you're, you're probably going to make the putt. Um, the biggest thing for me is uh, just getting into, uh, into long putts. You know, those lag putts are just... Because it's there's no there's no rotation like there's no toe hang on the putter it, it's it's lie angle balance the face is parallel to the you know to the to the hole or your target um, it's just a different uh, feeling pulling it back and uh, you know those long putts it's just a little bit of feel of how far do you pull the club back and let it go so just a little different but uh, we'll uh, we'll get that part figured out Sam gave me a little tip as well that you'll hear in this interview. 
So hopefully uh, you guys enjoy it. I thought it was a blast talking to him. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Look for me on Instagram, at Club Junkie Pod. Uh, I'm going to do my Q&A uh, every week. I'm going to try to get better at it. I know like last week I missed it. This week uh, I did do it yesterday, so if you missed out, I apologize. Um, but get on there, do some Q&A stuff, and then, uh, yeah, we'll uh, you know keep rolling. So if you have any questions, any comments, anything like that, like I said, hit me up, Instagram, at Club Junkie Pod, and uh, go ahead and enjoy the uh, interview with me and Sam. We'll talk to you next week. All right, everybody, we're back, and uh, the interview portion of the show. And uh, I know I've been saying I've been getting going to get this guy on the show for a while now. I finally have him. Sam Hahn, CEO, Lab Golf. What is going on, sir? Thanks for uh, joining me today on the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> WRX is my favorite. I'm excited to do this. Well, we definitely appreciate that. I know the uh, the community, well, we've got a couple forum threads going with, uh, I think, what, the two putters of guys testing that – have been going strong, man, and people just uh, in there discussing what's going on and options, what their you know their experiences are with the putters, all that, and those things have been going strong, man, and it's uh, it, it's pretty cool to see the community so interested in, in what you guys are doing. Oh, totally. the The thread, the original directed force thread, which I think started in 2019, yeah, um, is like my go to happy place, like <laughs> whenever I'm having a. <laughs> a hard day or um you know just wondering if i'm drinking my own kool-aid or whatever i go on there and um and it's yeah i i i'm honestly as as proud of of the content of that thread as anything that we've accomplished like you go on there and you know the wrx crowd are doing what they're supposed to do they judge equipment and they you know offer up their opinions and um they talk a little crap and um (laughs) you know if you read uh you know, other putter threads, um, you see a lot of subjective stuff like, oh, I got the new Hoosie What's It and, you know, it looks so good. It sets up so good. I aim it so well. The feel is butter, this and that, and just all lots of like really subjective stuff. And then you go on to um, the DF thread and it's like, my handicap is lower. I'm, you know, taking four less putts per round. Um, it's changed my game. It's made me excited about putting again. I don't yip it anymore. I mean, things that are <laughs> really, really objective. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just is so amazing to see and, and really makes me, you know, realize that we, we really do have a, a special piece of technology here. Yeah. I mean, it, you definitely do. I mean, you've got a putter that is just so different than, than really anything else in the market. When you look at it, um, uh, we're seeing it played on tour. Now a couple of big guys, uh, have put them in the bag. I know, uh, Tursky and I, and our other show, TG2, our other podcast have talked about, uh, Adam Scott and Charles Schwartzel, uh, having the putters in the bag recently. Um, uh, but, but get into a little bit. Cause I think when people think putters, they automatically think just putters, you know, and yeah, there's a blade, sure. there's a mallet, take your pick and let's go. Um, but lab's a little different than that. Let, let, get into what is a little like, what is lab like? What what is the difference here with these putters compared to you know whatever other putter they walk into their shop, grab off the you know the rack and hit a few putts with, and you know in the little bay. What what's different about lab? What, what's making this so special? Yeah, the way it's balanced. Um, so um, there just hasn't really been a lot of focus in the way that putters balance. Some time ago, I couldn't actually wouldn't be able to tell you when, but at some point somebody figured out that if you bend a shaft or insert the shaft in a way that has the tip of the shaft pointing at the center of the top line, the face will go up. This is what we call a face balanced putter. Yep. Before face balanced, um, all putters were toe hang, um, some degree of toe hang. Certainly back in the day, your bullseyes, 8802s, these things were full toe hang. 
Um, then you started getting into some plumbers next and they were, you know, quarter toe hang and, and just kind of somewhere in between here and here, um, <laughs> yep. is where, uh, all putters were. And then the, the, the putter industry just kind of stopped looking with, you know, with a few exceptions, um, as to where you could go from here. Um, and, uh, so Bill Pressey, who's our inventor, um, somewhat accidentally came across, uh, the reality that putters don't want to stay put where they are. They don't want to stay where they are at address. They don't want to stay square. Um, yeah. he was, uh, messing around. This was before the anchor ban and he was, um, uh, pretty lost with his putting and was, um, in his tour trailer and, um, messing around with a tricep lock, which was a very non-used method, but it was basically an arm lock that extended past the elbow and then oh. stuck on the outside of, uh, oh. the lead arm. So a tricep lock. So, I mean, this was, wow. this, was de- this was a desperate <laughs> dude. <laughs> um, so, uh, because of the way that it was kind of sitting there, um, he, he stood up and, uh, because the shaft was kind of stuck here, he noticed that the face just kind of flopped open and yeah. it's, it's like, well, that ain't right. Um, so he started messing around with a bunch of putters, uh, to see, you know, if any of them wanted to just sit square on an inclined plane and none of them did. So he invented the revealer before the, before the putter. Um, yep. so the revealer he, he made out of a, out of an old crutch. And for those of you that don't know, check out our website at, at labgolf.com and you'll see me do this demonstration with this, um, kind of rectangular device that suspends a putter without being able to manipulate it. Yep. So he invented that and just started putting a bunch of putters in there to see if any, if any of them would, you know, behave properly and none of them did. So then he started drilling <laughs> holes in some, some mallet heads, um, to find a spot where they would stay square. And that was sort of the, the beginning of him, um, developing this technology. So, um, in effect, our putters stay square by themselves. Um, they're actually seeking square. Um, and that's, what's so different about it, you know, to, to answer your original question. Um, every putter that you've ever used is working away from the target. They're working to get out of square and it requires, um, some pretty masterful manipulation, uh, to keep them square. And so we've developed all kinds of technique and all kinds of drills and grips and, um, stances and all these different things, uh, all geared towards keeping a face square. And now with our putters, the task is to let it stay square, which is a much more natural mode for us as humans, you know, like when we're doing any number of other kind of stroke sporty type things, we're not, we don't have to manage the instrument. You know, like yeah. when you're bowling, you don't have to worry about the, the bowling ball having a bunch of weight on one side of the ball. You know, you just look at the target and you release the ball oh. at the target. And, um, so this is, you know, this is I- ideally making putting a lot more like everything else. Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting because, you know, in order to achieve that, to get the face to always be basically lined up at your target, the the putters, especially in the previously in the directed force era, they definitely had a different shape to them. And I think that was kind of the number sure. one criticism was people would look at that putter and say, well, yeah, it's not a traditional mallet. It's not a blade. It's got this kind of funkier look to it. And I think a lot of people judged it without even trying it. And they looked at it because to get that face to stay square, you kind of, like you said, kind of have to manipulate it a little bit and make sure the weighting's different than other putters in order to get that, that face that way. Um, but if you were to get, you know, if you were to look by that and say, you know, the look is, it, it definitely performs way differently than other putters. And that's the oh, first can, thing I noticed. You can feel it instantly. Yeah. I mean, the second you say, most people feel it the second they pull it back off the ball. Yeah. Um, and that's, so that was, that, there's no fight anymore. 
Well, that was the, so that was the weird thing for me. So the first, uh, you know, basically we went through, did the, the little online fitting, which is stupid simple. Um, I mean, you literally just in your house. I mean, I am a little bummed that you can't wear flip-flops because I'm a flip-flop guy. <laughs> and in your video, there's specifically no flip-flops. I was a little bummed. Um, or still But no, <laughs> exactly, or, or, or slippers. But yeah, you, I mean, in your own home, you can do it by yourself. I mean, I did it by myself. I was going to ask my wife, but I literally took a little tri, you know, phone tripod, set it up, did the video. Uh, and then, yeah, you guys built the putter exactly to the specs needed. But the first thing I did when I got it was I have, you know, it's Michigan. So I come down to the basement, got my putting mat. And the first couple swings, I almost felt like I, the putter and I were just kind of fighting a little bit. Because, like you said, the rotation with that toe hang of every other putter I've used for the past however long I've been golfing it was such a different feel and it took a few swings to get used to that feel of not fighting the, like just pulling the putter back and letting it go. And it took a little while to just like force my brain to do that because I was trying to basically put some arc into the swinger. I was trying to do the old things I did. Right. And it took a handful of swings to get used to, okay, like this is how this now feels. It's definitely different. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's interesting seeing um, players at different levels of the game and how they react to it. I think that the vast majority of um, of golfers out there actually already think that their putters do stay square uh, yeah. by themselves. And so I think a lot of golfers, when they pick it up, the results are, you know, instantaneous. Um, the more skilled players um, have developed some ability to manage torque. They've, you know, they've figured out their way to manage the twisting. Um, and then at the really high level, they even rely on, on the torque to tell them where they are. Um, yeah. and I think that this is, you know, that's been one of the barriers on tour, um, is, you know, when you're out there playing for your livelihood, playing for millions of dollars, doing whatever it is, um, change is scary and you can't, you know, just like your, your experience there, like, you know, a lot of these guys pick it up and it's so different um, that they're like, I can't, you know, <laughs> you know, put, put in a whole new world into my um, <clears throat> into my putting stroke. And um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it takes a, a different type of adjustment period for everyone. What we have, we've noticed this incredible, consistent um, uh, sort of mode. So people pick it up um, if, you know, you've gotten past the barrier of the fact that it's weird looking. Um, you see the revealer demo and you're like, yeah, there's gotta be some merit to a self-squaring putter. Let's give it a try. And they're relaxed and easy and they just start filling it up. And, um, and it's like just this incredible, crazy Eureka moment, um, where the ball over and over again, just starts right online. So then you buy one or you get one or whatever, and you go out on a golf course and first couple putts are fine. And then you get your first little pressure putt. And then that's where the old instincts kick in. And now all of a sudden yeah. we're gripping it a little bit tighter. Um, we want to steer it to make sure that that putter stays square. And if you do that with our putter right off the bat, you're going to get some bad feedback. Like the putter just kind of disappears on you. Um, and, you know, you, you're used to relying on torque to kind of tell you where the putter head is and it's not there anymore. And you just feel alone and vague and it's very <laughs> strange. Um, and so then comes the hangover period. You know, you hit a couple of putts that are that are, you know, vague and weird and people will on occasion, myself included, when I first got it, I mean, putt horribly. Like after my first <laughs> couple of uh, couple of days with the DF, um, I went and played this tournament and this with these crazy fast greens. It was a super cool course up in um, Walla Walla, Washington called Wine Valley. Um, and I mean, I, I couldn't putt it into a swimming pool from three feet like it was so <laughs> bad. 
Yeah. Um, but I was stubborn because my friends were giving me so much shit for, you know, spending $450 on the Starship Enterprise. And um, so uh, I was like, I'm going to figure this out and this is correct and this is good technology and I'm going to do it. And then I had to just really change my mentality and um, and I had to take the focus off of the face um, and interesting sort of put it on the shaft. Yeah. Um, I don't think about the face anymore. Um, all I think about is keeping the shaft on plane. I keep, I think about keeping the tip of the shaft moving down the target line because I know the face is going to take care of itself. Yeah. And that's one thing I started kind of doing as well. And, and then the one thing I do to say about like that feel, um, I'm a guy who, you know, I'm, I'm traditional putter, you know, right hand low, I'm a right hand golfer. So right hand low. And I've noticed over the years that under a pressure putt, you know, you got that four foot, you know, five foot par putt, whatever, or, or even something maybe a little shorter if it's got some break. My right hand gets a little yippy, and it'll it'll kind of push the putter if because I'm trying to take you know the nice easy stroke, and the right hand will push it, try to give it a little more oomph. And that's the one thing I, I've noticed with uh, you know I've got the the mez, and, and are we called the mez point one or just the mez one? Because that's why the mez one. Okay, um, but what I've noticed is with it, I've really just for me it's like lightening up the grip pressure. Like just mm-hmm. really barely holding onto the putter, and that's taken a lot of that right hand out. Um, and like I said, downstairs, I, I was fortunate enough to sit in my basement for a few weeks while it was cold and just hit putts. So I kind of got used to the the feel and all that. So when I got to the course, it wasn't as foreign. But right. that's one thing I've noticed with with my you know all my other putters. That right hand would would influence the putt a little bit, and I'd miss some putts. Um, you know, it has to. You, yeah, your right, your right we, hand has to has to get get in get in charge. Yeah, and so now with this one, like I, I just have this really light grip pressure, and I don't really worry so much about that putt because I'm focused more on like the alignment, like you said, the alignment aid on the top. I'm looking to make sure that hits, you know, I'm lined up over the ball, and then also I'm making sure that I'm not gripping it super tight so I can let the putter just kind of go through its natural motion. And for me, especially on those little short putts, that I think has helped me so far get used to the putter a little quicker than maybe some other people do. Absolutely. And those, those short putts are where, so, um, you know, like in the last few years, like I I still have a a few of my old putters, um, that I love looking at, you know, I, I miss, you know, pretty, um, you know, Newports and, and, and and all that. Totally. I love them. You know, they're fun to look at and they feel all sweet. And, um, and we also do some testing like on other putters with our grips too. So, um, I, I do still, you know, mess around with them and occasionally, actually, uh, just a few months ago, um, I took out an old rife putter that I had as a heel shafted oh, yeah. mid mallet kind of deal. And, um, and that was sort of my go-to before, um, before lab. Um, and first couple holes was like, it's lovely, it was, you know, light and wieldy <laughs> and just awesome, you know, and I was having some fun with it. And then um, I ended up on uh, the fourth hole of my course is incredibly severe green. I had sort of a downhill, um, probably about four to six feet somewhere in there. Um, and you, like you said, you know, you, you like on, on some of those like weird little off speed putts, you'll your mode will change you know you'll you'll either grip it a little lighter a little softer and try and make this dainty little stroke or whatever and when you do that you completely change your relationship with the torque profile of that putter and so right off the ball it's going to feel different than the five putts you hit on the first few holes um your body realizes it it reacts it turns it twists it does all kinds of crap and um uh, yeah, I, I remember this so clearly a few months ago when 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 this happened, and I was like, "Oh yeah, torque <laughs> sucks." 
Yeah. Like it just sucks so much and it's so difficult to manage. Um, and, uh, you know, I had my, my, my DF in the bag and went right back to it, you know, immediately. But, um, that's kind of the beauty is that, um, you're not rearranging your relationship with the way that the putter moves, depending upon the type of putt that you're hitting, you know, with the uphill yeah. ones, we want to give them a little bit more pop with the downhill ones. We want to give them a little more flow. And, um, and if you do that with a traditional putter, um, it's really, really difficult to manage without constant calibration. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, I do say that like, like, comfort wise, you know, on those short putts, the things like that instantly it was, it was, there was a lot of confidence there because you kind of knew if I just kind of pull it back, let it go, putts going wherever I'm aiming it. And as long as I read it right, it's going in. So the yeah. short putts, to be honest, like, uh, you know, out on the course, out of the practice green, uh, are are really just kind of easy. I mean, you just kind of point and shoot and just let the putter do its thing. Yeah. Like I found that the one thing that I'm still getting a little used to is the lag putts because yeah. before again, where you could kind of, you're used to that torque kind of rotating the putter and you can kind of feel it as you kind of either give it a little more power, you take it a little further back this, since I'm literally just taking the putter back and letting it go, I'm not quite used to how far do I need to take it back yet. And that's right. the one thing that I'm still getting used to a little bit. And again, Very it's common. early here. Yeah, it's, it's but, really, really common. And it was even yeah. more common with the directed force because um, the the sort of the feeling of the, the lie angle balance is a bit more pronounced with the DF. Um, and so here's the deal. So uh, the brain registers torque as weight. Yep. So uh, when you had your mallet or your, you know, Napa blade or whatever it is, and um, when it's twisting, your brain thinks that the putter is heavier than it actually is. Um, when you remove the torque, particularly on these long putts and you take it back and get some momentum going, um, the putter kind of disappears on you. And, yeah. uh, what a lot of people do at first is they'll try to rush the putter back down, um, uh, to the ball because they kind of don't know where it is. And because it's so big too, the DF anyway, is so big, like a lot yeah. of people just kind of visually are afraid of this giant hammer, um, you know, launching the ball <laughs> across the green. Um, and so, we, we work with our customers a lot on that where um, they'll call up and explain the same thing that you did. And the fix is pretty simple. It's just that you have to s swing the putter longer, not harder. Um, yeah. And most people with their traditional putters aren't taking the putter back much further from 40 feet than they do from 20. The difference is how much they accelerate it. Um, yeah. With our putter, it's different. Um, and it's a lot more... You know, if, if you can kind of remove, you know, your history with lag putting from your mind, um, using gravity to control speed the way that we, you know, suggest that people do is a more natural mode. That is a more natural human reaction to getting an object from point A to point B. If you were just bowling golf balls with your with your hand across the green, you know, if you're going to roll it, you know, four feet, you're going to go like that. It's just going to be a tiny little stroke. If you're going to roll it, you know, across the green from 50 feet, obviously <laughs> you're going to swing your arm back a lot further. And so, yeah. um, it's, uh, so w w what we do to kind of train people into it is a lot of right hand or one handed putting trail hand putting, wow. and, um, and just kind of, you can even put some wrist into it, whatever you want, just getting used to the weight of the head controlling the speed. Yeah, and, and and like you're right. I mean, like you said, how far you take it back with a traditional putter, like I said, twenty to forty feet, it's probably not a huge difference. But right. that forty foot, you're just trying to accelerate. And and with this, I mean, for me at least, in the terms of the feel, I don't want to feel like I have to accelerate it because to me, 
it, I'm just letting it do its work, and, and for me, it takes that right hand out of it, so I lose some of that fear. So for me, yeah, I think I think it is. It's and, and it's like anything, you know. I think a lot of a lot of times you put a new, you know, iron in the bag, and it goes maybe a little farther or it reacts a little differently out of the rough. I think putting's the same way a little bit. I mean, yes, you can get fit, things work great, but there still is that little bit of getting used to certain nuances in any club that you put in the bag. And and for me, I think it's just going to be hitting more lag putts. And as I do it, I'm going to get that feel of okay, I just got to take it back a little farther. And and again. Don't let that right hand influence me. But I do have to say, like I said, the, the the short putts, it was really, for me, very easy to get used to. It was really simple to just, you know, have a ball, you know, as long as I, you know, had kind of had the read right, just hit it and go. And if I misread it, okay, I missed it. But for the most part, I never had a putt where I said, oh, crap, I did that. Like, and, you know, I, and with my old putters, I knew that right hand and right at impact, I'd do it. And I just know, I mean, I wouldn't have to look at the putt. I knew I missed it. Right. And with this, I never had even one of those putts, which was yeah, to me, really nice. So I don't quite have the the cajones <laughs> to like go on record as saying that our putter cures the yips, but I am definitely deep into a theory that the yips are a reaction to torque. Um, yep. A lot of people uh, have done lots of research um, recently. Um, uh, Hank Haney and I have talked a few times, and he's like the yip, you know, <laughs> master, which I don't yep. think is a title you really want. No, you, you know don't. what I mean. Yes, he's looked <laughs> into that, he's looked into way. it a lot. Um, <laughs> he's looked into it a bunch, and it's an emotional um, it's an emotional yes. response. The, the yips are an emotional response or a trauma response, and so you know people. Um, and this isn't conscious stuff, but you know you're in your your member member, and everybody's watching on eighteen, and you had a little right to left four footer, and um, traditionally traditional putters typically kind of want to fall to the inside and open. Um, with a with a mallet, uh, fall to the inside and close with a blade, and um, you know that'll happen without you realizing it. You react to it in a different way. You miss your putt in front of everybody, and now you've created a new neuro pathway um, that has that sort of same reaction to the torque, to the feeling that happened the moment you pulled that putter off uh, the ball, and then the the uh, consequent result. And uh, with our putters it's gone that that yeah. that uh that torque is gone um and the torque in a lot of ways i think is what triggers that that trauma response and so we've had a ton of guys um that are really yippy that come to us and you know are hoping that we're the solution um and it blows my mind when they write us back and and tell us about the success that they're having it's really awesome yeah, no, like I said, that, that, that's the, the biggest thing I've noticed so far. And, again, it's it's early for me in the golf season here. So, you know, I'm, I'm only going to, like I said, get a little more comfortable. But early on, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with just, you know, short putts not having to worry as much about, you know, oh, God, let's make sure, you know, let's just make sure I don't do it or, you know, keep it off. Because, like you said, it is. It's something that you know is happening, but to stop it is like, I mean, it's like gravity. It's almost impossible sometimes. Right. So, um and then the, another thing that's interesting, and like you said, you mentioned before, you're your own grips. Um, this one here, we've got uh, the, the press number two, 1.5. And I've been a traditional grip guy for a long time. I'm a Lampkin deep edge cord guy that was like my putter grip. You can't find them right now. Like, they're impossible. No, so when, I've got you know, two. Sounds yeah. like 1500 bucks. Yes, yeah, that's, that's about what they're worth right now. Um, <laughs> some guy DM'd me and was like, they had a couple at my, like, local whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, see if they have them. And he's like, yeah, they're gone. Um but interesting enough, you guys have a couple different grips. And this was the part I was kind of, I guess, when I was first putting my order in, a little nervous because, like I said, I, I played, I got away from kind of the super stroke style, larger grip, the less taper. And this was, I was a little worried about. But it, 
it actually works really well with the putter, and it's a different grip. Like, explain a little bit, because when you look at it, and I know it's not going to do justice on video here because I don't have a ton of room, but it's kind of off-center. Like, it's not a dead straight installed grip like a traditional grip. Totally. Let me grab um, a putter here. Yeah, so it's it's a little different, but it's it's actually pretty, it's pretty comfortable, and I think it works well with the, um, you know, with the the lie angle balance of the putter. Absolutely, it's um, it, it's an ergonomic thing. It's it's necessary. Um, so the way that we get the putters to balance has a lot to do with where we stick the shaft, and as you can see, that's yep. quite a bit behind the head. Yeah, um, it was like dead center almost. Yeah, it's in, it's, quite, it's very but... very very near the center of mass of the putter. Um, and so there's some onset here. So if the shaft, if we put the shaft in completely vertical, um, the, the face is in front of the shaft. And therefore when you swing it, unless you're like a big time over rotator, like, a uh, like a Tommy Ganey who uses a backstrike that, you know, is oh, kind of yeah. in the same family. Um, that putter works really well from him because he has a ton of face rotation for the vast majority of us who don't rotate the face so much in access of the arc that we're on. Um, the face is going to arrive at the ball before the bottom of the arc. Um, it won't have rounded the corner yet. And most people find that um, with onset putters, they miss putts out to the right. So what Bill did that was so genius was, so he, he sticks the shaft where it is, and then he leans it forward. So that by the time you get to the top of the shaft, the top of the shaft is actually back over the face like it would be for other putters. And in fact, depending upon how long the putter is, can even get in front of the face. But then gotcha. you got a crooked shaft. So crooked shafts <laughs> yeah. are no good. So he, he leans the shaft forward, but then leans the grip back. So now you have yeah. your hands in a perfectly vertical position, just like they would be with any other putter, right over the top or even slightly in front of the face. So it's, it's the, the press grip is about ergonomics. Um, and, yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant. Um, and we have a couple different grips that are varying degrees. The one that you have there is the 1.5 on the Mez. There isn't uh, yep. quite as much onset as there is with the DF. And so um, it, it allows for a, a little bit more of an option. Um, I actually use a three degree grip on my Mez because I like a little offset, but the, basically the more tilt you have in the grip, the more offset you're creating. And yes, you are gonna um, end up sort of changing the effective loft, um, but it, it hasn't made much of a difference for me um and yeah. so uh but you know some people the, the grip is the thing you know the um it's definitely funny looking to see the shaft coming out of the bottom <laughs> of the shaft in a in a crooked yeah, was... way the 1.5 is a little bit more subtle um <laughs> but uh and because we need room to create the angle inside the grip there's it's on, they can only be so small um yeah and so, yeah, at first people have this aversion, like, no, I like my tiny little pingman pistol grips and, yep. um, you know, and all that. And I was the same way. I loved, you know, skinny little leather wrapped grips and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, get over it because you have well, a self-scoring putter and you know, <laughs> you're, all, all these things that you liked, you know, were uh, creature comforts that didn't actually help your putting. No, and honestly, to be honest, and I think going to this larger grip with this style putter and again, I think it has to do with kind of a combination of having no torque and this grip. Like like I said, it, it, it was a little more comfortable because, like I said, I, I was a super stroke guy. I went from Flatso 5.0s, you know, holding a like holding pop cans down to Pistol GTs, you know, the smallest version. And I, I mean, I've tried everything in between and, you know, found success at certain times with things. Um, but, yeah, this one here, it, it's not overly huge. It's not like, you know, like I said, the, the Flatso 5.0 or, right. you know, you feel like you're holding on to a tree trunk. But... 
But I think it does kind of soften up, at least for me, it kind of softens up that grip and reminds me that I don't have to, like, crank down and have all this overlap of my fingers and all that. And I think that does help with the the line angle bounce of the putter. It kind of works in unison for me. And it is one of those things where I, I hold it lightly and I'm able to kind of just let the putter do its thing. And for me, I think totally. overall that's going to help me in, a long, in, in the long run. Now, do you see people, I mean, it's probably not super common, but do you see people pulling these off and putting a standard grip on sometimes if they have occasionally, some favorite? Um, yeah, occasionally. I, you know, I, I think what happens is like that hangover period we talked about. Oh, um, yeah. You know, when, when they're in the middle of that and they're struggling and they'll just like, got to be the grip, you know, and they'll, <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll throw something else on there. Um, uh, and we're working hard on trying to reach those people before they start screwing around um, to, <laughs> to give it a little bit more time. Um, the DF really is tough. It's got uh, so much onset um, and a bit more shaftling. And so by the time uh, you're putting a, you know, a, a conventional grip on there, you know, you're, you're, you're putting that lead hand in a, a little oh, bit of yeah. a bone position in order to get it there, which works for some. Um, yeah. I definitely do know some people that are successful with conventional grips on it, but very few. Um, the Mez uh, is a little bit, um, it, it's a little bit more possible. Um, I even have a tour player that uh, that uses one with actually your uh, deep etch Lampkin cord. And um, that was, that was my one of three that I gave him. Oh, um, oh boy. <laughs> and uh, so, um, yeah, I've been the two that I have. I put on a bunch of different putters. I don't do it with tape. I only do it with air, so I can save yeah. them. <laughs> I know. Um, I wish I would have done it, but oh well. <laughs> yep, it's stuck on there for life. But yeah, so you you can get away with it. Um, the the that guy in particular um, already has quite a bit of forward press, so he's used to having that that lead wrist boat a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's possible. Um, I still much prefer the the press grip on it. The blade um, is pretty much inconsequential we have a b2 um yeah B2. Uh, this you know really really simple kind of block of steel looking thing um and that has i, I think it's an eighth of an inch of onset i mean very very oh, wow. very little and so um you can put any grip you want on that thing and in fact we send them the stock versions of those putters are with a straight grip not a press grip oh wow okay yeah but I, yeah. I knew because there's three you still three models i mean the, the mez one is the brand new one that's the newest right. one and then uh was it the, the B2 was kind of the, the second, right? And then the, the DF. So all three still available. You can still get all three. And yep. uh, when you get into kind of some of the tech of this thing, the, one, the other thing you'll kind of notice when you pull the head cover off, there's a bunch of weights. They all kind of look slightly different. Uh, and there's even some on the heel and, you know, and the, the heel and toe. What are all these weights doing on here? And, and one, should any gear junkie golf the beer extra try to, change any of these no um, <laughs> but no uh, we actually but, we actually just put a warning we started putting a warning label on them now uh because not take a away. couple couple of warranty issues where um <laughs> you know guys were like i just took out some of these screws and besides the fact that i broke my wrist trying to do it um a bunch of material <laughs> came out and is that okay? And it's like, no, no. that's not so, okay. So, you, you so just what ruined we got, your $700 putter. Um, no, so they, 10 they, weights on ten weights on this head from what I can tell. Right. Yeah, 10. So eight on the bottom, one on heel, one on toe. What are all these weights doing on this thing? That's how we balance them. <laughs> so that, okay. that's, so we're, we're, we put all those weights around the perimeter of the putter um, with the shaft stuck right in the middle. And depending upon a bunch of variables, like – 
a ton of variables, length, lie, weight, um, the type of shaft, the type of grip, um, the, this, I mean, a, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, every single putter requires um, a different uh, setup on those weights. So, gotcha. uh, yeah, so if you look on the bottom of yours, some of them will be marked with a particular weight. Some of them won't yep. be, um, but it's an incredibly precise, very, very difficult process. Um, and, you know, that that is the well, that in combined in combination with the fact that uh, all the components are made in the U.S. Um, is why they're so expensive. Every other putter company in the world gets in a shipment of heads from China. They put a shaft in it. They put a grip on it. They put it in a box and they send it. Um these things are crazy. Like the, the, the work that goes into them in order to get each one to balance exactly the way that we want to, um, is an art. Um, yeah. and some of them will, you know, will take up to 45 minutes to balance, um, and drives, wow. the, drives the builders crazy and they'll try <laughs> this combination and that combination. And you have a couple of different things that are, that make it really challenging too, because not only do you need it to balance, but you're, we're also trying to hit a target swing weight. And so you have yep. these two completely, you know, moving targets that you have to sync up and marry, um, and it's really difficult. So in addition to the the two gram increment weights on the bottom there, we have aluminum screws, steel screws, tungsten screws, brass screws, um, all, all at you know kind of different weights, different densities, all that kind of stuff. We also um, use tungsten powder, um, sand uh, to you know really really fine tune where they need to be in order to get them to perform you know, differently than any other putter and, you know, that many, uh, and, and, and that much better than some of our, our competitors who, you know, are in the toe up realm, but still don't perform the way ours do. You know, we have, um, there are some putters out there. You got access one and Adele and the backstrike and even roll just came out with a toe up putter. Um, and, uh, you'll feel it, you know, you'll feel yeah. that they just don't do what ours do. So you can basically say that almost no two putters are exactly alike when they leave. I can definitely say that the, no two the putters are exactly alike. They're, com <laughs> they're completely different, um, and it's you know, and it's and it's frustrating um, too because, um, like on, on the Mez, uh, the, the different types of screws that go in there will produce a different sound. Um, yeah. Oh, from really? Putter, oh. From, from yeah. putter to putter, um, and we think we actually may have that figured out. We're working on it right now, but. Um, yeah, you know the that putter there is a bit of a tuning fork just because of the the shape, um, yep. and then depending upon the different densities of the material and the screws that we're putting in there, um, they'll sound different from putter to putter. Um, and uh, you know we have to say like, is what it is. You know, balance is king, <laughs> swing weight is king, and you know your buddies might have a, a little bit more of a thud, and yours is a little bit more of a crack, and. Um, well, they both work real good. <laughs> that, that, that's interesting because, I mean, th this one here definitely has a, a soft feel to it. It definitely doesn't have any, you know, it doesn't have any high-pitched tings or anything like that to it. Um, it's definitely more of a thud, at least mine is. Uh, Yours is. Because, yeah, <laughs> mine's more on the thud side, I believe. Uh, and then is this the, is this all milled aluminum then, or is this steel? What What is – I mean, it also looks like there's two parts to it. There's two pieces, the, shaft yeah, so the, the black part is aluminum, um, 6061 aircraft aluminum, um, machined out of a out of a block of steel which is different for us um the the directed force was forged aluminum okay and then we would machine it um out of the forging and you know do some finish work on the machine this one's just straight out of billet so um it's a much more consistent process um forging's 
super difficult and just so many inconsistencies from batch to batch that it, it just was a, a nightmare. And in fact, we actually just started making the directed force completely machined. Oh, um, wow, okay. So we're no longer uh, no longer in the in the forging business at all. Um, so yeah, that one comes out of sixty sixty one billet, um, and then the piece in the middle there is um, stainless. Um, we're working on uh, hopefully this summer we're going to be releasing releasing a bunch of custom options on that mez, including colors um, as oh, well as okay. different uh, different hardware. So the the um, attachment piece there um, and the screws and such are going to be available in different colors and such and. Um, I've got one, this one that I use here actually, um, is carbon. Right. So it, you know, got a little bit of patina on it and, yep. um, that's kind of so cool. We'll, you know, yeah, we'll have that as an option. And, um, but yeah, for the, for now it's just, uh, aluminum anodized, uh, with type three anodizing, um, and then stainless steel. And then it's also got grooves on the face. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about people, whether they, you know, groove faces and different millings and all these different things. Uh, I mean, is this milt built for creating more top spin or is it, is, is it performance based or is it more of kind of a sound feel uh, piece it, on, on, in, on the In face? my opinion, it's sound and feel. Um, gotcha. I, I think uh, I, I, I have a putter, um, a DF uh, that was a, a prototype when we first started using tungsten um, for balancing um that didn't have any grooves on it. Um, and I do use it in the winter time when this greens get slower around here. Um, because I have it in my head. I haven't quantified this. I haven't, you know, put it on a, a robot or anything like that. I have it in my head and there is some research to support <laughs> that no grooves is going to increase ball speed because there's, you know, more material contacting the ball. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, you can find, you know, really convincing arguments and literature online, uh, in either direction of that argument. You know, some people say that grooves are absolutely positively necessary for a pure roll. Um, others say it's, you know, totally irrelevant. And um, so for us, the one thing that we definitely notice when we put grooves on it is that the sound is a little sweeter for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been that guy who I, I, I like a little softer feel and sound. So I always prefer maybe not the deepest milling in the world, but I always prefer that there's a little something there. Just because I, I do, I have a few older putters that had very light to almost no milling, and they, they do. They can get a little clicky depending on the ball you play and things like right. that. And for me personally, I just, you know, whether it puts a little better roll on the ball or not, I just like that sound and feel. So, and, and I do have to say, it's, it's a pretty responsive putter. I mean, when you hit it off the toe or the heel, which I uh, have graciously done for you uh, a, a couple times uh, between putting greens and my basement, uh, it, it's not harsh in any way, but you can definitely feel there's a little different sound, a uh, little different feel. You just get that little bit more vibration to let you know that you did miss it uh, on either side. But the center contact is, is really good. And I think uh, a lot of people who, I think some people have a little, aluminum putters to them are kind of well it's not carbon steel or stainless so it can't be you know the feel whatever's going to be different it, it really does have a, a a solid feel to it i think if you were kind of blindfolded you really wouldn't be able to tell much of a difference between a steel putter and, and this to be to be honest i i, I agree i think that i i think that with other putters they were all so similar in so many ways that people just sort of get into a mindset of looking for something to to put in a category of I like or don't like, you know, just some way to differentiate between the, the, you know, the ocean of putters that are available to them. Um, 
I, I, you know, before lab, I was the same. I just, you know, had all kinds <laughs> of silly ideas that, you know, it had to be this material and this thing and whatever. Yeah. Um, and what really matters is getting the ball in the hole period. And so, yeah. um, you know, the same thing with looks, you know, like the DF when I, when, you know, when, uh, Bob Duncan first showed it to me out here, like, I was like, no way, like unbelievably yeah. no way will I ever be seen with that putter. And then, you know, I, I, I made everything with it, like right out of the gates. <laughs> I made everything. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, really is beautiful. Just, just yeah. elegant. You know? <laughs> so, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, gets the ball in the hole starts to look very beautiful very quickly. And, you know, I try to stay, you know, with, with all the crap that we take online with how it looks, um, it rolls right off my back. I mean, people, people were just as harsh with the ping answer. Like, oh, it would. You know, Karsten Solheim stood on the side of a, of putting greens for a couple of years before that thing took off with people and walking now? up saying exactly the same thing. That is the ugliest thing I have ever seen in my life, and I will not be caught dead looking at that putter. And then, you know, 60 years later, it's the standard of beauty. So yeah. um, beauty is what gets the ball in the hole. And um, so I've never been afraid to stand by the look of our of our putters um at the same time we want to reach more people and so the mez was um really great for that reason particularly out on tour um yeah to where uh you know those guys for as much as everybody thinks well it's their career therefore they're only going to work you know use what is you know best not um, not necessarily not even not even close to necessarily I, yeah. I find in fact that they're even more adverse to um to vanity issues they have deeper vanity issues than than the general public in a lot of ways um yeah and so with the df they would be intrigued by the tech they'd go out they'd hit a few putts it was good and then they go play a practice round for a few bucks with some of their buddies and miss a four footer and the first thing they're going to look at is you know the um <laughs> the big ugly branding iron so that the mez um they can fly a little bit more under the radar and um and i think that's why it's um, taken off quite a bit more on tour. Yeah, and, and I think even with our community, I mean, when, when the Mez, the first photos started coming out, everybody kind of said, like, that's one I would try. You know, totally. when they looked at the DF, there was a lot of people who, like you said, for, you know, the look, they didn't like it, and that's fine. They just, they wouldn't try it and wouldn't give it a shot. Um, I mean, personally, I was not a big fan of the look, I'll, I'll be honest. The B2 came out, and I was like, okay, that's You invite me onto your and show, and you insult me like that? <laughs> I know, I'm so yeah. sorry. And, uh, <laughs> And then, uh, and then when the mess, I was the same way because I was a guy who played a lot of Odyssey kind of sevens. I played a ton of those different models. I played a handful of other brands with models that are very similar. And when this kind of came out, I was like, okay, I can see where for me the two kind of fangs, as you call them, kind of you know frame the ball a little bit. And I just like that look. So for this, I was like, yeah, this is definitely something that's you know more comfortable on the eye. Um, the one question I did get by by a guy on uh, on Instagram, and I was like, I don't really know how to answer it in a sense, but you know, there's all these stability putter shafts and crazy putter shafts now we're seeing millions of them well since this has kind of no torque does this make this a little bit irrelevant for this putter i mean in a way there is no twisting i personally just like the the, the feel the stiffness of it i've always felt standard putter shafts just have kind of a, a waggle to them that i've never they really do. loved and for me that's why i like kind of like this stuff that's come out this really stiff kind of putter shaft it's just a feel for me it's not necessarily am I making more putts with it. That part doesn't matter. I just really like the feel of, of there's no kind of flex to the shaft, and that's what sure. I like about it. But I did get a question of like, well, there's no torque in that putter, so why do you need 
you know, anything other than We're just talking a steel about shaft. torque on, on different axes. So what we have mastered and, and, and rectified is torque this way. Yep. Um, what the shafts have done is dealt with torque this way. Um, gotcha. this axis okay. here. And so, um, yes, putter shafts do flex and they do recover period. They absolutely yep. do. Um, and it's really fun to finally see some independent testing coming out rather than just taking the different manufacturers words for it. Um, and, and shafts are really interesting too, because, uh, particularly when steel was the only option, um, soft putter shafts feel sweet. Um, yeah. and I've heard stories about Cameron actually used to put, um, like ladies flex shafts in his putter because they would just feel awesome. Um, unfortunately that would be, the feel would be much to the detriment of performance. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so, and particularly, you know, once you, you know, you get in long range, um, and the transition starts getting a little quicker, um, these things are going to flex. That does change the face angle in relation to your arc, in relation to your hands. Um, you're going to have contact issues and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, and so what all these uh, companies have finally figured out how to do um, that we didn't do in the past because of steel. Like if you if you put a, a, a super stiff, you know, X100 um, shaft and tip it a little bit and stick it in a putter, it doesn't feel good. Um, they just feel harsh and angry and um and not fun and so uh carbon fiber has given um a lot of these manufacturers the opportunity to make a ridiculously stiff shaft um that feel good um yeah. and they all feel a bit different um they really do i and i i i'm and i love that all these different manufacturers are jumping in the game um we just got some samples from diamana is making a a, yep. a putter shaft with their metal mesh technology um uh we worked with acra to develop one uh, that's, you know, specifically for us and our needs, cause we have some weird swing weight stuff that, um, uh, is difficult to manage. Um, LAGP is doing some really cool stuff with putter shafts and you can, I mean, you're seeing those things all over the all tour. Over the tour. Yep. Um, and, uh, Fujikura just made one, I think. Um, yep. so it, you know, it's all happening and, um, and, and with, you know, carbon fiber, just as we know with the, with the driver, you know, the, the wood line of stuff like you can do anything with carbon fiber you can yeah. put the the balance point the flex point all that stuff anywhere you want it um and it's subtle stuff like you know when when we get you know uh questions from customers like is it really worth the 350 dollar upgrade for you know an lagp shaft it i i say like it's not life-changing um and particularly with our stuff because the the steel yeah. that we put in there is really stiff and we tip them um, and we do some oh, stuff okay. to kind of offset the, um, the harshness to, to have them still feeling pretty sweet. Um, but I, I was just kind of say like, look, if money is not an issue, go for it. Like, even if it's yeah. 1%, it is better. And even if it's 1% better, like why the hell not? Um, if you know, you're trying to save a few bucks, but particularly with our putters, the, the, the lie balance technology is life-changing. Um, and yeah. you are going to have that experience, whether you put a $300 shaft in there or not. Yeah. And, and like I said, for me, it's never been about the, the, the rotational twisting, whatever, like people are like, Oh, you know, you spent all that money on that shaft. Cause I, I played the Fujikura one. I played a handful of them and it's like, you know, the stability I've had, it's like, well, yeah, I, I don't necessarily quantify it and how many putts I've made to justify that no it's, you can't it's more i like the feel of it and like right. i said with this i think the combination of you know the aluminum having the 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 
grooves in the face to a carbon fiber shaft, whatever. It just gives it a good solid feel. There's a stiffness to it I like, and and that's just what I like to putt with. And other people are different. Like you said, some people like that softer shaft or have a little more, you know, maybe a slower tempo that that works better with, whatever. And that, that's totally fine. Um, and then, like, like you said, with the custom, there's still some custom options with Mez, though, with the head. I just, you made me think about it when you were saying all these custom options that are coming. You can still do your own alignment aids and all that, right? Because I think I went single site line, but you can do dots and other things. You've We've got, got some three right options. now. It's just a dot, a line, or blank. Um, yeah. When we uh, release all the custom options, we'll probably have about a do- dozen different um, oh, things wow. that you can do with it. Um, we're going to have a, a swing weight option, um, same full range of, of lie and all that stuff. And then we found uh, an anodizer here in Oregon that's just doing awesome stuff. And so we've got these super cool colors coming. Um, they're nice. just so rich and like a little bit of a of a sheen to them. So, uh, that'll be really fun. Um, but you know, other than that, it's going to be, you know, somewhat similar to the, the DF custom shop where you got some colors, alignment aids, different grips, different shafts, things like that. And do you, do you have you guys like looked into like different alignment aids for different players, depending on, I know there's always the talk of like, you know, well, I'm left eye dominant or I'm right eye dominant. So like this works better with me or not. Are you seeing any difference in terms of what people are either getting fit into or, or the feedback you're getting into different alignment aids for, Players it's a really good have. question. Yeah, I. Uh, so, my working theory at this point um, is is that people aim crappy because they putt crappy, and I've you know some people have probably heard me um, with this shtick before. But like, if you miss enough putts to the left, you're going to start aiming right, and yeah. and vice versa. And so, um, you know, David Dell and David Orr have done crazy amounts of research on alignment um, and have found some very interesting consistencies and correlations um, uh, at the tour level and down to the amateur level um, and have come up with sort of a um, a system. You know, the Adele fitting system um, is almost entirely alignment based and he'll talk about how um, the hosels will have a big uh, impact on how you line up the putter, the line, the dot, where the line is all these things that, you know, to draw your eye one way or another. At this point, um, I would say that that type of system will pull you out of whatever habit you're in. Um, but if you go back four weeks later, I, I, I've been fit by the Adele system a couple times, uh, yeah. three times, and uh, three times I ended up with three completely different putters. And so... Um, so yes, I want somebody to come up with some configuration um, uh, that will get them off on the right foot, um, so that they're not fighting aim right off the bat. Um, and to that extent, you know, I, I I do you know use some of the the Adele you know kind of theories where if you're you know an outside the target aimer, you're going to do better with a little bit you know a few more lines and some um, more parallel target stuff. And then if you're an inside aimer, you're going to do better with you know, dots or, um, more of the, the perpendicular alignment stuff, face line, things like that. Um, but with our putters, what we notice is that over time, um, because the feedback you get is so consistent with where the ball is starting that people just start aiming better because the ball's going where you point, particularly with that DF, which is so stable. Um, yeah, if you're aiming left, you're going to miss it left over and over and over and over again. And then eventually your body and your eyes going to start to correct itself. So, 
Um, I tell people it really is mostly preference. Um, I think that with other putters, people kind of get obsessed, um, which is hilarious because like with a putter that torques, you have to manipulate it one way or another. It's not trying to find its way back to where it started anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't think aim with traditional putters is nearly as important um, as it is with ours. <clears throat> and this is proven at the tour level. Um, you know, when, when the Daves were doing all their studies about this stuff, um, uh, they found that like at the highest level in the game, very, very few guys could aim a six foot putt at the center of the hole. Um, and the vast majority of them were outside the target line. Very, very few were inside aimers. Um, and this is because every putter they use is trying to open. And so they borrow a little bit of extra room so that they can release the putter. And we've heard this term over and over and over again, release the putter, release the putter, throw the toe at it, draw the putt, all these, all these different things. <laughs> um, so they, they aim outside the target line to give themselves a little bit more room to release it. When they did these studies, as I, as I recall, um, they did it when uh, Mike Weir was playing really well. Um, and then obviously Tiger and those two guys, I think, were the most egregious outside aimers of anybody that they tested. Wow. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think with, with traditional putters, it's, it's, it's less, less of an issue. And then with our putters, it's more of an issue. But the feedback that you're going to get from the performance is going to have you aiming pretty good pretty soon. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I haven't really thought. I mean, I, I just got the traditional line on mine. I mean, I was just something I've, I've always been just simple you know, like simple lines I've always been best with. And, and to be honest, I, I don't even really think about it. It's more to me, I think making sure the face to me is lined up to target really more than anything. And, and then that might just be me. Um, so yeah, I mean, if it had a dot, it probably wouldn't change a whole lot of what I'm doing with the putter. You're a face aimer. You're saying, yeah, Ra- I think I'm looking target line. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm looking more at the, the, the angle of the face and making sure that's square or Same. at least to where my target is. And then whatever's on the top, I kind of don't, I mean, I look at it, but not really. I don't really focus that much on it, and and I think also too, that's kind of why I like I, like the black color of the mez yeah. is just because you know the contrast of that in green. It's just easy to line up and and kind totally. of keep square. So yeah, Craig um, Farnsworth has a, a theory. Do you know Craig is? I, I don't. I don't. Uh, Doctor Craig Farnsworth. He's he's the doctor. He's um, uh, I believe he was an ophthalmologist. He was an ophthalmologist. Yeah. Um, and he's done a whole bunch of crazy studies on it, um, and he wants as high a contrast as possible. So he thinks everybody should use a red putter because red is the opposite side of the color wheel from green. Oh, great. So the so the, the highest <laughs> contrast there. Well, I uh, I don't know if I've owned a red putter yet in my. I might have messed with one a while ago, but I, I don't I I don't own one in my my bag of tricks over there. It's, there's there's not a red one in there. If so, you can find a way um, to get in touch with him, dude, he would be one of the coolest interviews ever. He's a, such a smart guy, and he's worked with everyone. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like yeah. I said, that's. I mean, I know there's been a bunch of red putters out there by a bunch of different companies, mm-hmm. so they, they do exist. But, uh, um, but no, that's awesome. So yeah, they, uh, Sam. Again, appreciate the time, man. The Mez is uh, is very cool. Like I said, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you finally, uh, you know, that, that, that they convinced me to try one, and I'm, I've been really impressed with it. It's, uh, it's like I said, it's just it's really easy to get used to, and, and like I said, a, a little more work I feel like with some lag putting, and and it'll be like. You know, it'll just be like normal putting. You know, yeah. Try, sense, so. try try rolling a few from long range with uh, with just your right hand and kind of get used to letting the head do its thing. Yeah. and you'll be off to the races in no time. 
Yeah, because any anything you know under ten feet is pretty easy to to get used to. At least I thought. I mean, handful of putts in the beginning, but uh, once you like I said, once you get used to kind of the the feel of the putter through the stroke, it's it, it, it's it's pretty darn simple. So um, then it's just reading the putt, and right. uh, you know. That, that, that part of it, there, there's nobody, uh, nobody's out there fixed that one yet. But uh, no, really said, uh, want to appreciate uh, you taking the time. It was awesome. Thanks for the knowledge, everything like that. Um, if you guys go to uh, labgolf.com, check out, uh, like I said, three different models. There's, you know, one of them may suit your eye better than the others. But uh, yeah, it's really cool what you guys are doing, and uh, it, it's pretty unique. But it's, uh, it, it definitely seems to work on the course. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Thanks for everything you guys do. You guys are uh, a really, really very, very important part of um, of the golf equipment, equipment industry, and we appreciate you guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.